Hey, this is JC with the SERS group. And this is Barbara. Today we are talking about how to find a SERS provider. Yes, this is a good... Now, you know a lot more about this process than I do because I was a little bit lazy and I just went with the same doctor that you went with. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will fully admit, I was like, oh, he's good enough for JC. He's good enough for me. Uh, but you have you have put in a lot of effort. Um, not I, I shouldn't say a lot of effort because I don't want to like scare people away from doing what you did because I think it's very important. But you took the time to get this right. So yeah, take us through that process because that I, I really love what you did. So I used to work in medical practices. So I kind of have the insight into how the front office staff operates. So for me, whenever I'm looking for a provider, and this is an exclusive to service providers, I really take the time to call a few offices and make sure that the front office staff is happy. The reason for that is if your front office staff isn't happy, they don't work in a good work environment. If it's not a good work environment, it's probably not a very good patient environment. Um, so step one, really make sure you vibe with the front office staff. You're going to be communicating with them for 12 to 18 months. So it's really important that you get along with them. They're easy to communicate with. And then on top of that, a lot of these service providers will offer tiny consultations that are either free or at a low cost. So you can kind of get an idea of their practitioner methods and their philosophy. Um, I know that you you had some comments you wanted to make about the different styles of practitioners. Yes, I think that it's important to note that, um, I mean, I would venture to guess no two SERS practitioners are exactly the same. Um, they do, obviously they went through the same certification process. They're well-versed in the Shoemaker Protocol. That's a fantastic foundation that they all come from. If you go to, uh, you know, if you find this provider at survivingmold.com, which is Dr. Shoemaker's website that lists those practitioners that are certified. So um, if as long as you have that, that's great. However, uh, it's important to note that some practitioners are very strict with the protocol. They will not treat you until your ERMI or hurts me scores are at a certain level. And while that could be a good thing, you want to be removed from whatever the exposure situation is that that you're in. Um, you also want there to be a little bit of real life <laughs> allowed um, because not not everyone can afford to completely relocate. And sometimes you got to do just the best you can do. Um, of course, there's a million layers of nuance in what I'm saying, um, but I just want uh, I guess my point is there are those doctors that are going to be very, very strict. And again, maybe you want that. And then there's also on the other end going to be doctors that are very loosey goosey. And that just means they uh, they might not even test you on certain blood markers before moving you along to the next step, because you know what? Your symptoms are getting better. Like I trust your symptoms more than the data. And there's logic there. You know, I'm not, I, I sound like I'm making fun of it, but there is some logic there. If you're feeling better um, and, and uh, maybe it doesn't matter that you're not passing the vision test necessarily because your symptoms are gone. Like maybe that's more important than being able to see contrast. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's definitely a wide range of uh, strictness that you can get with these practitioners. 
Yeah, and I just wanted to clarify one thing. You mentioned the Ermi and the Hertzmead. Those are the mold scoring tests. So they're a good way to see if you are perhaps in an active moldy environment. But the, the whole thing is some providers won't move you forward in the protocol unless you're out of that moldy environment. Anecdotally, we have heard that some people do improve despite their Ermi or Hertzmead scores. So our provider is very chill in that way. He's He's on the loosey-goosey end. Um, and he, he doesn't require that your ERMI hurts me be pristine before you can move forward. Thank you for that clarification. Sometimes I say jargon and I forget that I need to explain what that is. So yeah, perfect. The mold score. Thank you. Yes. And then the other thing you mentioned was the shoemaker protocol. So shoemaker is the doctor that found SIRS. Um, he was in this tiny little coastal town. They had an outbreak of algae. A bunch of patients started coming in sick. He was just a family practitioner. He wasn't a researcher. He wasn't trying to cure cancer. He was literally just a family practitioner trying to help these people feel better. He discovered SIRS accidentally, um, but he developed the Shoemaker Protocol, which is the only clinically proven path to treating SIRS. The reason that we believe it's important to work with a shoemaker protocol is because he uses very specific medications at specific timings to help people clear SIRS. If you aren't working with a shoemaker certified practitioner and they go with a different method of treating you, you may not recover. And so it it worries me personally because I feel like people are going to go to some like chiropractor somewhere who's going to give them an herbal remedy and they're going to be like, well, I had SIRS and I tried fixing it, but it didn't help. So I guess SIRS isn't real. And it's like, no, SIRS is real. Your practitioner is just a snake oil salesman. Yes. Yes. Uh, we've said it on other podcasts uh, before, but we'll say it again. There's only a couple different binders that work for chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And that is cholestyramine, or well call, or at the, I guess, very low end that barely helps at all is like the beet and okra um, capsules that you can get. But th those uh, really, you want to be on well call or a cholestyramine and you need to work with an actual doctor that, that works with the Shoemaker protocol to be able to get those medications. Now, there are other shoemaker providers that are certified. They aren't, they aren't uh, physicians, so they can't prescribe to you. Um, they're called, what are they, delegates? We just looked it up. Diplomats. Yes, diplomats. Diplomates. It was like something weird. If you go to survivingmold.com, you can work with their diplomates. Um, one of them is Nutrition with Judy. So that's how we got our blood work initially and how we were diagnosed was we worked with Nutrition with Judy. Um, and so she is versed in the Shoemaker Protocol. She can't prescribe, but she does provide, you know, an interpretation of blood work and she can help with the supportive therapies, et cetera. Yes. And I do want to point out also, um, and I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, uh, but didn't go into the detail of it. Um, the best way to find a practitioner um, is, is to go to survivingmold.com, which I mentioned before. And on the website, you can click into find physicians and they are listed both in map form, if you click in my area, which I didn't see before, but I really like a good map with little dots showing all of the doctor's locations. Um, and then also just as in list form as list of certified practitioners. And then they also have the proficiency partner diplomates. Diplomates. It's diplomates, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we're all learning something new here. But the yeah, the and and I will also add 
you don't necessarily need to have your SERS practitioner in your area. A lot of our members, um, including us, we see doctors in other states, from other states, and we've actually never met ours. We didn't actually have to physically go see him. Um, some doctors require that. Some doctors may only require it the first time. And then after that, you can do telehealth. So, um, you know, there's not a doctor in every state. I'm looking at the map right now, but um, they're spread out quite well throughout the whole country. Um, we're talking about the United States here uh, at this point, but um, you should be able to find a few that are somewhat remotely close to you if if seeing them in person is important to you or if it's important to them. Uh, but that's something to keep in mind. You don't necessarily have to go with someone in your region. The other really cool thing about survivingmold.com is all of the providers submit an essay at the end of their certification. And it's about their treatment philosophy, what they believe is important to patient care. So before you even call the offices, you could read a few see how you feel about it. And then I recommend really call three offices at the very least. It, likely you'll find at least one that you feel you're most drawn to. And we actually had someone in the group recently ask, they said they, they felt good about two different options. And I was like, well, did you try the coin toss flip where you like throw it in the air and hope for one side to win? Um, and so she, she ended up doing that and she was like, well, that made it really clear that I wanted to work with this provider. That's great. I love that. I love that trick too. I'm glad that that worked for her. I didn't realize that happened. That's fine. <laughs> um, awesome. Is there um, any other thing that you think we should cover it, cover on this one? I think the last thing I would say is like, if you get a couple appointments in and it just, you're, it's not the vibe, you know, it's just not working out. You're better off cutting your losses. The treatment protocol is 12 to 18 months. So even though there is the time and financial investment, typically the first appointment you have with a provider is more expensive than the following appointments. I think ours for the first one was 535. And then since then it's been 335 for follow-ups. Mm -hmm. um, something, it, it's going to be scaled like that. So the first appointment will be more expensive. Follow-ups will be less expensive. But if it's if it doesn't feel like a good fit, if you feel like you need a stricter practitioner, more hand holding, um, it you might just be better off cutting your losses and finding someone new. Yep, I completely uh, second that. I think um, you know I've seen, I have seen some people get a little bit frustrated with their practitioner, and rather than be frustrated, it might be time to at least call around. Just because you call around doesn't mean you have to switch, but at least you know start to get a feel for some other people. Then maybe. Um, there's some people you didn't call the first time around that you can try this time and compare now that you yeah. know more about what you're doing. You've also presumably started the, the medication. So maybe you're a little more clear headed. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that can change over the course of, the, of time. And, and you certainly are not married to your practitioner once you pick one. Yeah, you can make a Tinder profile without going on any dates. It's totally yeah. fine. Totally fine. Explain that to your boyfriend. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for the swiping, okay? Yeah, I just just want to. I just want to judge people. <laughs> uh, perfect. Well, then, um, yeah, I think that that covers it, right? Yeah. And if you need more resources or support in finding your SERS provider, you can join us over at thesersgroup.com. See you there.